I've been promising myself to make another podcast. I've I've sat down here a number of times. I have even had a huge sook over what has been going on in America. If you don't know, that's where I was born. I was born in Riverside, California. Um, that's that's where my story started, and I I have a special love for Riverside. I always have. Um, I've always had a special place in my heart for Southern Cal. Um, it, it's it's just something that to me was. It was magical at the time that I was growing up there. Um, my family, and I know I might sound like a little um, biased towards California, but I am. Hey, I'm sorry. I was born there. That's that's where life began for me. And um, I'll never be able to go back, and that's a sad thing. Um But that, that, you know, we all take steps in our lives. We all make journeys that at some point may or may not be um, what a lot of people want for us. But back to Southern California. I, I've, I've had a special place in my heart for it. Um, and so when it comes to keeping an eye on places – um, and things I, I I love the culture of Southern California, and I with COVID nineteen I've been really really heartbroken over what's been going on in my former country. It really has caused a lot of sadness for me, not only because I still have family there, even though they don't talk to me. The majority of them, even though they really don't want anything to do with me, that's okay. I'm not angry with them over it. Um, I'm hurt, but not angry. And there's a there's a huge difference. Um, and that's okay. That you know that's that's the way that um, both of us have chosen to take in our lives. Being um, both myself and those people over there. I do have a nephew who I speak with and am so proud of who started uh, – I don't know. He, he, he's just – he's always been – he's always been someone special to me. Um, and I don't even think he knows how special he is to me. But I, I'm very proud of my nephew and – you know, today was uh, the start. Someone challenged everyone to do 100 days of happiness. And I started off today with saying thank you to everyone. I really do mean this. Thank you to everyone who listens to my podcast, who read my blogs, who follow me on Facebook, who attempt to follow me on Twitter because I am the worst Twitter person. I've, I've got one and I don't barely use it. I think I follow a couple of people. And that's about it. Um, just simply because I, it, it's like if you try to do everything that you're supposed to do to be a quote an unquote social media 
guru, you must spend several freaking hours doing this that I just don't have. Um, so, and, and to me, that kind of makes me feel a little bit, um, oh gosh, I don't want to say the word disingenuous, but I don't want to be a, a, a star like that. That's not something I want to be in my life. Uh, my whole point of the podcast, the whole point of my blog, um, and allowing people to follow me on Facebook is just to simply say, hey, look, I'm trans. I have a, a unique look on being trans. I have a sense that I have a respect for who I used to be. Um and that person, because I honestly believe that Alan did the best that he could to protect me, Allie, as a human being, as a person. And Alan had to play a part that didn't really want to play, didn't really want to be forced into playing a part, but played it to the best of him his ability to do so. And some people will say, well, gosh, that sounds like you've got a multi-personality disorder. Well, no, I really don't. I don't have a multiple personality disorder. I have healthy respect for what was before me. And I kind of lean towards the idea of two spirits. That, um, that there is a... Uh, whether you like it or not, a conscious choice to survive. Um, and that survival instinct is the issue of acting out a role. And you, you know, you'll do anything to survive. And that, I think a lot of people don't really understand what it's like when you have to fake it to live. Um, and, and sadly, you know, when when you look at the the type of existence that we must, and I do mean we, the trans community, must um, do to survive, it really is quite sad. Um, because no one should have to hide who they are to exist. And I want to, you know, while I say thank you to so many people for tuning in and thank you for being part of my life, you really do make me happy. Um, well, you don't make me happy, but I am very thankful for you. So let's, let's start 100 days with being thankful. So I'll try to do this again tomorrow, come back on and tell you, about who I'm thankful for. So, and, and they asked, you're supposed to share a photo. So, I shared a photo of my goofiest daughter. I I really love all my children. I really do. They're all special in their own unique ways. Um, I have some that we don't talk, but I know a lot about them than they think I do. And that's okay. I keep my ear to the ground and I watch. And I watch from a distance because I'm not allowed to watch up close. And that's okay. 
we all grow up, we all make choices, and some of those choices we'll have to live with for the rest of our lives and possibly beyond. And I am fully aware of this myself. Made choices, and those choices, right or wrong, will lead to me having to deal with it for the rest of my life. And that's where I'm at with those individuals. But I still can say I'm proud of them. Now, one of the amazing things of this challenge to put out there for the next 100 days is things that you're thankful for and are make you happy. Well, I put up a photo of my daughter, and if you want to, you're welcome to follow me on Facebook. Uh, I can put a link up, but I'd like you actually to search me out if you want to. But I put up a photo of my daughter who photobombed me trying to sneak a photo of my son who was asleep on the bus. And when she did it, she did it in such a way that she was extremely loud and my son barely just started opening his eyes. And so I've got this wonderful photo of my, my oldest uh, son at home. It's a little difficult to – express how this kind of works our families are a little bit unique so if i say my oldest i'm not trying to exclude the older one who lives in the u.s i'm just simply saying my oldest is the one that's at home which is gabriel and this this photo of my oldest daughter at home not my oldest daughter who lives in melbourne who i'm extremely proud of but my oldest daughter, who lives at home, photobombed and went, ah, you know. And so if you just got a big scream in your ear, sorry about that. But you just have to imagine this girl's face right in front of the camera. And it's hilarious. It just warms my heart every time I see this photo. And, you know, like sometimes you get the perfect photobomb. Like when the queen photobombed those two girls, that was perfect. And this, to me, is the perfect photobomb of my children. And I'm so proud of them. So it starts with my friends who follow me on Facebook and everything else. Thank you for being you. And I'll put this challenge out to all of you who hear me. You start it. 100 days from the day you hear me telling you this. I challenge you for 100 days, post something on Facebook or social media, wherever you're comfortable in posting things for 100 days, post something that you're thankful for that makes you happy, okay? So if it's listening to a Live Aid's version of Queen, please put it up. Let people see why it makes you happy and let us enjoy something that we should know about you. So I put this challenge out to everyone. We're in a very, very dark time in our um, race, the human race's um, existence. We are at a very, very dark time. And the more of us that can exude and show happiness and show Love and compassion for others. I think that can't hurt. So there it is. My challenge to you. 
100 days from now, starting from now, put up something that makes you happy. So I did mine today. I started today. So 100 days from now. Now, I really, really want to bring it back down um, because I need to say this. And I need to get it out so other people understand what's going on in the world. Um, so please, please understand that um, what I'm about to say needs to be said. And um, I need people to just take the time and realize how much hate is directed towards the transgender community. On April the 17th, it was reported that the sixth person in the United States who is transgender had been killed. Now you might think, oh, well, a lot of people die all around the world. A lot of people get killed. But this is wholesale slaughter. And it's getting to the point where it's not shocking people. We're just saying another person dies or another person's been murdered. It doesn't matter if they're black. It doesn't matter if they're white, Asian. It doesn't matter. What matters is this is one group. It's not like we're saying a gay person has been murdered or a lesbian has been murdered. We're saying a transgender person has been murdered. Visible trans people in the United States sit at only 0.5 of a percent. Now, you, I, I fervently believe that there are those who are trans who make up at least another 1.5% in the United States. And the reason for them not being visible is explicitly for reasons like this. It's explicitly because we're scared. We are truly scared. Joanna should not have died. She should not have perished at the hands of someone filled with so much hate. In a country that espouses freedom, the right to live, the right to exist, the trans community does not get that luxury. Now, you might not quite grasp how severe this is, but I'm telling you, at every turn we turn around, we're attacked. We get attacked not only by those who don't understand us. We get attacked by religious leaders, political leaders, even people in the LGBT communities attack us. There is a group of those that have become an offshoot of the LGBT, and they're now called the LGB, um, who has excluded the T. And they've excluded it in such a way that it isn't anything other than hate-filled. For a group that has received hate, for a group that is surrounded by hate through a number of decades, 
to point at someone in their group and go, well, I hate you because I don't like you, but you don't know me, but I hate you, but you don't know me, but I hate you, is reminiscent of the most vile type of hate there is. It's sad that this young person passed away. I, I cannot express it enough. It is so very sad. Because I look photos of, of Joanne. I look at her and I think, oh, you poor child. I honestly wish the best for you. But unfortunately, that best falls on deaf ears because you're dead now. You're no longer with us. And I plead with Americans, if you're there, find a way to get out of your transgender. It, 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 you might think that I might be a little bit hard on this, but uh, to be honest, we need to find a way to be safe. And it's not so easy for us. <sighs> so I don't know any other way to express my sadness that another life has, has been snuffed out because people hate transgender community and it really <sighs> yeah I really don't know what to say at a time in America where the whole country seems to want to ignore the fact that a pandemic is going on. You have leaders who um, ignore the basic human rights. They ignore the human right convention. They ignore the agreement that their country signed on to be part of it, but they're happy to ignore it. Then we must add on top of that Leaders who are voted in to take care of the people that are their constituents. Not just one, not just two, but all of them. They, they don't give a shit. And I feel so, so sad. And that's my reason for never, ever returning back to the United States. I will never sink another dollar into something that's made from the U.S. Nothing. You can spout your hate for the Chinese. Um, you can spout your hate for anybody else. But I was born in the U.S. I should be welcome in my own country. I should be allowed to return to my country of birth without feeling that I need to fear 
transformed my life. I tell you, there's a lot of people out there throughout history who've had to deal with this. And it is so very, very sad that we face this. Not only as a society, but as a race of humans, we face this hatred every single day. Some of us espouse it willingly, are happy to be such hate mongers. And, you know, we even vote in leaders who are hate mongers. And you can, you can sit there and go, well, I don't really see, you know, the XYZ leader is a hate monger. Well, if you can't tell it, maybe you need to look in the mirror yourself and see if you are a problem too. Leaders should lead people to be better than what they are. A good leader looks at the goal and says, we together shall make this goal. Now, granted, we might be looking at a different set of goals with certain leaders. You know, maybe Trump is the leader of a bunch of bigots. And therefore, his goal is to point out and be like Hitler. Hitler's goal was to do horrible things. He led a bunch of horrible people. And the world, in the end, made them pay for it. But here we are again, another individual close to Hitler. I mean, he's got concentration camps, but we're not talking about those. Who hates a lot of people, who refuses to give medical attention to everyone unless they bow and kowtow to him and praise him. Let me tell you something. If you, if you have got a leader that is so narcissistic like this, you really don't have a leader. Because all you have to do at some point is run amok or run afoul of this individual. And they will stop helping you. They will stop caring about you. They will stop acknowledging your rights. Until you start to bow to them again. It might be difficult. It might be hard to understand this. But we shouldn't be seeing this in today's society. We should be looking at the world. And saying, what can we do better? Now... I look at I look at where we are going as a society. And I think that we need to pull our heads out of the sand. I don't know how to tell you this anymore. People deserve to live to exist to be 
to have a life of happiness. But I don't see that happening anytime soon in the United States. And I echo it once again. I echo my plea to you if you're transgendered. Get the fuck out. God dang, make an, uh, make an appeal to the, to the United Nations. Make an appeal to Canada. Make an appeal to Australia, to Sweden. Well, maybe not Sweden right now. They're, they've got their own little shit problems with COVID that you don't want to be anywhere near there. Their leaders are completely ignoring that this is actually going on. And that's very, very dangerous. So, but you know, try and find a different country. Uh, don't go to Brazil. Yeah, not not necessarily a good place. Mexico's probably not another great place for you. Um, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, Germany. There are places that are safer than America. Make an appeal. Beg for some protection. Because at some point, you've got a target on your back. And then as soon as you realize that that target's not going away, the more you, you'll start to realize that you need to do something. Look, we're going to stop here. We're, we're going to take a break. I want to come back, and I want to continue on with this. Because I have some more advice that I need to get out so people understand um, what it's like being trans. So I will stop and I will come back. And I think you, the next part of this, you're going to be really, really have an eye opening on something. So take two seconds, grab a drink, use the toilet, figure out something that you can start your 100 days of happiness with. Okay, welcome back. Um, as I was saying, as as we look at this, and I, I I do stress, get out, get out now, because it's not going to get any better for you. I can't say it enough. Now I'm going to flip this coin because I, I, I'm a member of a lot of groups and a lot of groups on my Facebook because I, I, I just, it's part of being who I am. And now, And I, I need to say this out to the younger generations who are transgender. You may associate yourself with still physically being attracted to women. And you may say you're a lesbian. And I don't say that I'm a lesbian. I say that I'm attracted to women. Um, there's a significant difference between that and the other terminology. 
And and the reason for it is because I, I'm really tired of people applying labels. I hear it all the time. You know, granted, I, I label people that hate for no other reason as bigots. But I think there is some some exceptions to all rules. Um, but as I was saying, I, I look at what transpired this week for me on one of the groups that I'm involved in. And this person put up something that trans women are women. And trans lesbians do exist. And I didn't have a problem with that. And somebody started up going, well, that's all fine and dandy, but I'll never be attracted to you. And and I thought, okay, well, that's fine. You know, that's no big deal. Because there are certain people that I will never be attracted to. Honestly, there are people out there that I'm not attracted to. But I don't have to tell you who I am attracted to. I don't have to bring out a book and say, look, I'm not attracted to you. I don't have to wear a sign. And I certainly don't have to put it out there for everybody to say that I'm not attracted to this type of person. And just because you're not attracted to that person doesn't mean that you don't respect that person for being a person. But I saw this person and she put out she was a cisgender woman, and she decided that she was going to put out for the world to see how she felt about trans individuals and being attracted to them. And I thought, okay, that's fine. You're entitled to your belief structure. You're entitled to your personal likes and dislikes. You're entitled to be attracted to who you're attracted to. As long as it doesn't interfere with my right to exist. Now that's that's the caveat that most people forget. You can have anything you want as long as it doesn't infringe on someone else's rights. Because the moment you do that, it's no longer your right. You see how that goes? It's really, really simple. If you infringe upon another person's right, you don't have a right to do that. Now, as I'm saying that, this person put it out there, and it started a myriad of people's responses. And the person eventually left the group because of these responses. And I started to defend her. I said, look, you know, this is, this is how... You have this right. We're not taking this away from you. And then I saw two people who were trans. All right. And this goes out to my younger trans listeners, to anybody out there. Shut the fuck up. For once in your fucking life, shut the fuck up. Your mom and dad didn't teach you or you haven't learned in this fucking world. That it is not your right to be an asshole. If a person says, I don't like blonde people, you don't have a right to shove it down their throat and say, yes, you fucking do. It's not your fucking right. I have a sister who's blonde. 
I'm not attracted to blonde people, but I still don't give a shit that I have a blonde sister. She's my sister. We don't get along for other reasons, but she's still my sister, and I would stand up for her. And if you said, well, I don't like blonde people, and someone came along and said, you have to like blonde people, I'd be like, motherfucker, no she doesn't. Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out. It's the same way as I'm not attracted to certain types of women or men. You can't tell me I have to. It's not your right to tell me that. And I think it's really pissy that a lot of uh, trans individuals, and I'm, I'm saying individuals because we're looking at both trans men and trans women in this question, in this statement, tend to say, well, you have to be. No, you don't. You do not have to be attracted to me because I'm transgender. I may be in a group full of lesbians because I'm attracted to women. But you don't have to be attracted to me. It's not forced upon you. It shouldn't be forced upon you. You have your own rights to be attracted to who you're attracted to. Now, in saying that, okay, and in defending this lovely person, because I don't know her beyond this. All I'm saying is she's a lovely person beyond to this point, all right? She has this right. Now, in saying that, she opened herself up a little bit more. And she said, look, I know the difference between kissing a woman and a man. And I went, oh, okay, wow, here we go. And I, I tried to express to her, look, you know, at some point you should not, you should stop talking. <laughs> because... The moment you start to not acknowledge the, the role of a trans person and, and go from, I know the difference between kissing a woman and kissing a man, you've just ripped out a whole thing that every trans person doesn't feel like they're in their correct skin you've dis you've 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 basically said no 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 you're still the gender you were born regardless what your mind thinks regardless of the hormones you're taking regardless the medical procedures you've gone through regardless of anything else we're going back to your basic biology and that's who you are now don't get me wrong i am a firm believer that you cannot change biology Okay, we cannot argue the science with me and win this battle, even though even though I firmly believe through science and through medical experts. Okay, you cannot argue this with me that the difference between a trans person's brain and a cisgender person's brains are monstrously different. Um, that a trans person, the gender they identify with, aligns to and looks like the gender that they identify with. So, myself, I've, I'm a trans woman, okay? 
I have a healthy respect for Alan for what he did for me. But that's not me. This is me. It's taken me a long time to be very comfortable in my own skin for once in my life. Very comfortable with who I am. I don't wake up hating myself every day. And that took a lot to get to this point. Yeah, there's a few bodies along the way. Yeah, there's a few victims, and I'm sorry for them. Um, but for once, as a human being, I feel comfortable with who I am. And that is amazing thing. Don't discredit that for me. Don't say that I, I don't exist because I do, and I have a right to. So going back to this this person, and I and I, I tried to say, hey, just stop, <laughs> just just stop talking. There's a point where you are major point, you, and you have a right to that belief, and you have the right to your feelings. But don't 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 go this way. And but the person didn't listen to me, and I said, well, this is really really going against everything that I know to be truthful. And I said. Let me explain a few things to you. And okay, for those of you who don't know, I love taking the time and explaining not only to people what it's like being trans. I explain to doctors and nurses what it's like being trans. And that is something that I truly enjoy doing. I take the time. I look at the current research that's out there. I try to stay uh, on top of it because I still want to know why I'm like this. I still want to know why my brain is different than the rest of my body when it comes to gender. I want to know. I need to know. For my sanity, for my sake, I need to know. And you might not understand that, but I really do. And I'm not trying to be rude to anybody else who doesn't really care, but this is my need. My need to understand more about me. So I was talking to this person and writing it out, I should say. So if you understand, this is going over a Facebook post when I say I was talking to this person. I was chatting with this person, whatever you want to say. Um and I said, look, I really don't think you understand what happens to a trans person when HRT starts. So I started to explain a little bit about HRT. Now, first things first, if you don't know what HRT is, it's hormone replacement therapy. You have an, uh, a, a part of your body that is a system and it's the endocrine system all right this controls the hormones in your body your body is an amazing machine and the sooner you start to learn about your body the more you'll start to understand how it works and what it does okay you know i see a lot of people always concerned about oh you know i have a low metabolism or i'm fat or i have you know all these crazy things but until we all start to understand how our body works we truly don't really know what's going on 
And this is the same thing. Is I really wanted to know why I'm trans, so I started looking at all this research and started looking at the whole body in regards to being transgender. So I said to her, look, you know, I do this not only as a passion, but one might say it's kind of my job to know this shit. You know, you don't sit in front of 40 doctors and tell them stuff about being trans without knowing your shit. You don't have conversation, one-on-one -on -one conversations with other doctors across the world about being trans if you don't know your shit. Because you're going to look like a fucking idiot. I don't know everything. I, there is not a way to know everything about being trans. There really isn't. And at some point, you have to just accept you are who you are. And I've reached that point. I am who I am. I still want to know why. And if it, if it comes out that I can ever find out, well, that will be absolutely superb. Did my mom take some medicine that fucked with the makeup of me when I was in utero? I fucking don't know, and there's no way I'm ever going to find out. Because my mom's dead. We didn't have the world's greatest relationship to begin with. And, um, uh, you know, her medical records are sealed. So I'm never going to find out that stuff. And there's never going to be a way for me to. And so we're just going to leave that as that. And I'll just accept that I will never know that. But I still want to know. Kind of a crazy double-edged sword. But as I was talking, so well, let's get back to this. So I was telling the person, I said, look, the moment you start taking HRT, it changes things. Some things temporary, some things permanent. And the longer that you are on HRT, the more those things that are temporary then become permanent. So if you don't understand what I'm saying is let's say you take a motor. Okay, let's use your body as a car. All right. And you have a motor and you change that motor to be smaller. The car is still the same boat. If it's a Ford LTD, which is a long ass, huge 1970s car. And it weighs a freaking buttload. And it was driven by a V8. You take that out and you put a four-cylinder engine in it. It really doesn't work very well. And that engine is probably never going to be fully capable of driving this monster car. But you can do it, but not very, not, not very capable. And you can take a Pinto and shove a V8 engine in the doggone thing, and that car will go like a rocket. But the car won't handle it for long. So each part in our body's biological creation is important. And the endocrine system in that is kind of like the transmission to a car, I guess we could say. 
it takes the engine and it says, who, you know, I know what you're giving me, but I have to drive the body this way. I have to turn those wheels certain ways. And something's, you're giving me far too much power. And I can't handle that. So we start to manipulate that system. That, that, that part of the body, which is the endocrine system, we, we give it a blocker. And that says, hey, we need to slow the engine down. And the, and the system going, oh, okay, i got to slow down a little bit. Got to slow down a little bit. Okay, okay, not a problem. Not a problem. I can do this. But it starts pinging. So we change the fuel in it. We take out the testosterone for those of us who are trans women. And the body goes, what are you going to give me now? The motor is going, what are you going to give me now? I can't use that fuel anymore. So we give it a different type of fuel, and it goes, whoa, this is different. This, with that blocker, feels quite a bit different. And I start to match that transmission, that, that part of the car that drives the wheels. Oh, wow, this is, this is quite a bit different. I'm really not sure about this. But after a while, the body starts to get used to that change. The motor starts to get used to that change. And I think that, you know, while this may be a, a very horrible way to look at this, but when we start talking about this and you start using HRT, it changes a lot of things, okay? And some of those things, for, for those of you who may not know, it's going to be a bit of a shocker. Right off the top bat, one of the first things that I noticed that changed for me was colors. Colors changed. I've talked about it. And the way I view colors and the way that I am attracted to certain colors now where I wasn't. To me, I was always, give me black, give me black, give me black, give me black, give me black. I hated gray suits. Oh my god, I hate gray suits. Even to this day, I still hate them. Gray suits are like the most drab, boring suit ever out there on the market. Oh my god, I'd rather see you dressed in a bright yellow or neon yellow suit than a gray suit. At least I can tell you have some freaking personality behind it. And when I was younger, and Alan at a stage in his life, needed a number of suits. Ended up with a gray suit. Never got worn. Could not stand that suit. Hated that suit. Eventually threw that suit in a rubbish bin. That's how much I hated it. Now, in saying that, I like a black suit. Double-breasted. Sharp. I just think Double-breasted suits are one of the most amazing-looking suits out there. That with a four-button suit. Just, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, I've, I've, and, oh, tuxedos on women. <sighs> Fan myself. But when I, when I, when I started taking hormones, a lot of things changed. 
And like I said, I liked black, 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 black. And then I started finding out a real passion for different colors. And, and purple really took me by storm. It's not something I'll wear, but I absolutely love the color purple. And I love it from the from the the moment it goes from white to dark purple. And just love that whole transition. It is just something that captivates me. And I love the softness of pink and pastel green. Just, oh, pastel green. Skip my heart. I used to like Kelly green. Kelly green was my, like, favorite of all greens. But now it's pastel green. And that's that changed, actually. Finding the passion for other colors really, really changed when I started taking HRT. I also knew noticed that I had a change in um, uh, cycles, I guess one could say. Everybody has a hormonal cycle, and I don't care whether men want to sit there and go, well, it's just women on their periods. No, it's not women on their periods, you fuckwits. We have hormonal cycles, and our body works like that, and that's normal, and even men have it. So women, if you don't believe men have hormonal cycles, it's time to turn your brains on too. But as, as I was saying, my hormonal cycle changed. And the way that my body responded to that cycle also changed. The way that it dealt with that cycle and how my mental dealing with that cycle was also changed. I used to get a little bit ragey when my testosterone cycle would go. And now I get a little bit more emotional when estrogens cycle goes so you can see that there is two different types of cycles there and i shouldn't say ragey i i just felt more when testosterone was going and when estrogen cycle is around yeah i really feel the need for chocolate which i don't like nine times out of ten i am not a chocolate lover can't yeah, I can't say enough how much I don't like chocolate that much. But when it's time and it's around, yeah, I certainly have chocolate in the house. Don't know what it is. I haven't quite figured that out. But that changed for me. Then came changes in my hair. I've always been kind of a hairy person. Really hairy person. Not as bad as Robin Williams, but certainly up there. And I hate body hair. And when it's on you, it's like, now can't stand it. So for those that that get turned off by hearing me almost uh, vomit, well, I can assure you it's far worse when you're looking at it in the mirror and you're going, oh my god, no. Um, sorry, I need to put some lip balm on. I had all my hair fall out. All of it, except for what was on my head. It all just sort of went, eh, we're not going to have this. Say goodbye. And it all fell out. 
I mean, I lost hair on my arms. I lost hair on my chest. I lost hair. Women, get over it. Men get hair on their backs. Okay, some men don't, but a lot do. And I did. And it used to be my ex-partner's thing to bitch, moan, and complain about it all the time. And it, you know, but couldn't afford to get it fixed would it cost a lot of money. But bitch, moan, and complain about it was certainly all the time. And yeah, it was it was a horrible thing to have to hear. Um, especially when you get blamed for it and you don't have a control over it. It's a feature of your body that just is turned on and doesn't want to shut off. Now, when that all fell out, that was quite a shocker. That was like, oh my god. And then I lost all the hair on my arms and it became really super light. And it's it's thinned out quite a bit. I still get some hair on my chest at certain times of the month. I will start to see it and I'll be like, mother, son of a gun. They're starting back up. So I have to shave a little. And that's okay. I can't get rid of my facial hair. I've lasered it. It comes back. So, But it's not as bad as what it used to be. I could sandpaper a car. Now it's not that bad. Um, I no longer have thinning hair, which was beautiful too. Look, we're going to pause again. We'll come back. You need to listen to the rest of this because this is something that the individual didn't know. Okay, so come back. We'll we'll finish talking about this. We'll take another break. Sorry for this show being a lot longer than what it's been, but we haven't been on for a while. Okay, so like I was saying is – the hair thinned and a lot of hair fell out. Now, when the hair fell out, it 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 looked like I had cancer because I woke up one morning and there was hair all over the bed. It was just like <laughs> into the wash you go. <laughs> Take out the sheet, shake it out, and then yeah, put it in the wash because you just felt so physically ill about what you had just viewed, and. Um, then I noticed that my nails grew faster, which, uh, yeah, I have nervous tics, and uh, part of my um, dealing with my anxiety and my nervousness and my tics, I don't keep nails very long. And people go, do you bite your nails? I go, no, I don't bite my nails, but I sure in the hell don't allow them to stay long. And I have tried every way I possibly can. I've even used plastic nails over the top of my nails to make it harder, but I'll still go through those suckers too. And they'd be like a pair of clippers, you know. And it, it just, oh, it's the horrible thing that I have, and I can't stand it. Um, 
but I haven't figured out a way to stop it. But that, but my nails grow so fast now, it's not even funny. Then I ended up with softer skin. And my skin changed. I used to get really, really dry elbows to the point they would crack. And it would be so painful. So, so painful. And I would almost get to the point where I would bathe in hand lotion on my elbows. I'd keep a tub of, of lotion around just to put it on my elbows. Somebody would think something's wrong at my computer desk because there'd be hand lotion everywhere. Well, that was because my elbows would crack all the time, and it was just so doggone painful if I didn't put anything on them all the time. And when I started taking HRT, that went away. It was like gone. And I was like, that, that's really kind of strange. And it was it was strange because it was something that was painful to live with every day of my life. Um, and that that change is is a wonderful change for me. My skin feels better. Um, I didn't get acne like a lot of people do. Um, and then my um, – I also had physical changes on top of that. I have natural boobs now. Sorry. If you didn't know that, that happens. It changes depending on how old you are when you start HRT um, and how long you've been on it. And just like any other woman, there are different things that will change the size of your breast tissue. You know, if you gain a lot of weight or if you lose a lot of weight or if you become pregnant, a lot of things change the uh, the makeup of your breast tissue. So, yeah, I I have breasts. Okay, great. I lost. Um, well, let's just be blunt. Um, the penis and testicles shrink considerably. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was a blessing. But now when I'm telling this to this person, I'm like, there's a lot of things that change due to HRT. And due to length and time, things also change as well. And you saying you can tell the difference in a kiss between a trans person and a, and a cis person is kind of asinine. And you make yourself sound really bad. Because what happens is when you mess with that endocrine system, which is your hormones, okay? This is the system that drives your body, hormonally speaking. When you switch that, everything else starts to change too. It's kind of like that, you know, that first push on the Lego – I mean on the dominoes. You push that, and all of a sudden, every single thing starts to change down the line. It just goes – Granted, you're going to come off and there may be an offshoot and it'll stop at a certain point. But other things keep going. And I said, you know, what you're assuming is the taste in the person's mouth or the taste of their lips or the softness of their lips changes over time. The more the endocrine system starts to look and go, well, actually, I don't use testosterone. 
So I need to change. This needs to change. It's going to take time, but I'll, I'll, I'll get that changed. So that line of dominoes that goes for, for freaking ever, okay, is still going. And that change is still taking place. That could be your breast tissue. Or it could be the way you taste things. Or it could be the way that you smell things. Or the way that you smell. Because I noticed that changed on me too. I, the way things smelled to me. Like I love the smell of coriander. I've always loved it. But now like I walk into the store and if I, I can tell coriander is fresh in the produce. I'll be like, yeah, baby, coriander. I love the smell of tomatoes. I can tell the difference between the ripeness of a tomato now by the smell of it compared to a one that's not. And um, it, it's something that a lot of people might not understand. I didn't have this before changing my HRT. Uh, before HRT, and once I did that, that changed a whole lot of things for me, and it it was started to make sense. It was like, oh yeah, this is this is beautiful. I love this. This is something I I've dreamt of, and this feels normal. It feels right, and that sense of who you are changes. And I said, but granted. My voice has only changed a little bit. The way you're hearing my voice right now is not the voice that I use out in public or with my kids or with my friends. This is my voice on radio, on uh, talking it over with other people, even with doctors. I say, look, the way you see me in public, I'm vastly different than the way you're talking to me now. This is kind of my professional style voice i i can't seem to change that and uh this last time i explained that to the doctors there was a bit of a, a giggle and i said look you know it's just when you get to that stage and you're talking to your children and they're doing everything wrong and you go now listen here jimmy and you get that stern parent voice going it was at that moment that i explained that to the doctors they all went yep we understand that because most of them had kids that I was talking to this last time. And they were all like, oh, moment. You know, we all understood. And then there's, you know, there was a few younger doctors who were like, oh, well, I don't to do that. And I'm like, so if you have a patient who's not listening to you, you're going to also get this voice. Sorry, I've just all of a sudden decided my nose is going to go nuts. Nuts. And uh, in so I said, look, you know, my voice is different. But in public, my voice is vastly different than what it used to be as well. Um, it's never going to be as high as a cisgender woman. But I sit at the level of B. Arthur from the Golden Girls. Thank you, you gorgeous woman, you. Um And, and I'm okay with that. I have a deeper range, and I'm okay with that. There is – I can sing really high now. That that changed. But, I, yeah, I'm never going to be able to talk in a cisgendered female's um, octave range. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. 
And that was also a difference in between what HRT did for my system. So when you start looking at all those dominoes that fall, some of them will never go back to being upright. There used to be this domino system that you can put all the dominoes in this system. And then when you're done, you just flick it and they all stand right back up. Okay, there are certain things in the HRT reality is if you decide to stop using your HRT, they will go back. Okay, but there are certain parts that will never go back. Once you start to develop your breast tissue and the milk glands that sit behind the breast that are with the breast tissue, they're never going to go back. You would have to get a, a, a top surgery and, and a mastectomy to get those back to where they were. And then you're left with scars. So these are permanent changes that you'll never be able to stop. And the endocrine system goes, well, nope, that's going to be there. You wanted to change this, and this is the result. Also, the loss of your penile tissue and your testicle tissue, once it shrinks to where it's at, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. You could go off your HRT. And you will get functionality back, but you will not get girth and length back. I'm sorry, that's that's just the reality of it. Um, and you also won't get your testicle size back. It, it it's just part of a permanent reduction. And then you you know you will get back the hair that's body hair. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, and the flip side is if you Unfortunately, those who are female to male, if you your changes are so dramatic and so huge that um, we say that it's easier path for you to go along because you're going to look at getting body hair where you didn't have body hair. You're going to get muscle mass where you didn't have that but unfortunately your framework is still that of a of a genetic female so your bones are going to be the way they're going to be you're gonna you know you might get some more density but unfortunately you're still going to be a smaller than uh structure wise than a biological male um and there's nothing you can do about that but your voice is going to drop, and that's a permanent change. So if you go off HRT, your voice is still at a lower level. You won't ever get it back up to where it was when it wasn't that way. So you you have to realize how that change is never going to, to do it. And when I was telling this woman this, I said, look, you know, there are things you don't understand about HRT. All these changes are happening in the body. I lost the sense of pungent male smell oh god i can pick that up a mile away and i have a teenage boy i'm like shower <laughs> shower love you dearly but shower and he looks at me i'm like no serious don't argue with me just please go take a shower he's like yep not a problem 
we had a long talk about it. I said, look, you know, I love you dearly, but if I can smell you, I know you need to take a shower and I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just love you dearly, but please go take a shower. And he's like, why? And I had to explain to him the, the way he smelled. And I said, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing, but it is for those of us who can't handle that pungent smell. And he was like, oh, I didn't even know I smelled like that. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just the way your body is working right now. And we had to exp- – I, I sat down and explained it to him. And, uh, and, and I love I love Gerald to death. And now he gets it. When I go, shower time, he's like, gotcha. <laughs> so he goes off, takes a shower. But that changed for me, and I don't have that smell anymore. I have a different body smell, a different smell to my skin. And that was a little – that took some time to get used to because you're you're always with your skin and when something changes and it changed overnight it wasn't it took like right around 40 days for that change to happen and when it did because like i said the first 30 days you sit with no hormones in your system because they give you a hormone blocker and then they start you up with uh estrogen well, 10 days after estrogen started, my body changed in smell, and I was not ready for it. It was like, oh my gosh. That's not a permanent change. And I said to this person, you know, you may have someone that it's going to take them 20 days to get that change in their body smell. May only take them two days. We don't know because each person is an individual and the way the endocrine system takes care of it and says, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It may not be prioritized to it or it may be right away. It's hard to say. And with each one of these changes, taste also changes. Not only the way we taste things but the way people taste us. Now, in case you're trying to figure this out, I'm going to tell you really quickly and be 100% honest with you. Yeah, people have different tastes. We don't talk about it, but we do. And we're not just talking about taste of their skin or their mouth. We're talking taste all over. Okay? Now, there was a there was a fantastic researcher who said once I can tell the difference. Now I'm going to be a little bit crass, so please bear with me. Um, I can tell the difference between the the smell of a young man's younger men's I should say I should. We'll just leave the age part out of this because it's a tad bit better. But I can tell the difference between a young man's semen and an older man's semen. Now, I don't want to get into this, but there was a difference in the smell. Okay, fair enough. Now, and he, and, and it was a he who did this research, and he said, I could also tell the difference between length and time between events 
<laughs> Good grief, this is hard to talk about. Of how long this person had not had an orgasm. And the smell. and But he wasn't just going off a of smell. Okay, so we'll just kind of leave it at that and you can take that. Or It's not very ethical in research, but obviously to this person it was. And he wrote a lot about it. And it was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> the, the, the things I have seen and the things that I have researched. Why did I do this? Um, but when you look at all these crazy things and you start to understand that the system that we don't really talk about is such a powerful machine in the body. I mean, my facial features have changed. If I could get rid of the chin part, I'd be really bloody happy. Lose another 20 pounds, I'd be like really, really happy. Um, but what we've done and, and how that system has changed the way my cheeks are, the way that I have uh, fat where my cheekbones are, um, yeah, it changes so much. It even changes the acidity of our spit. So to say that you can tell the difference, and I told this person, to say you can tell the difference between the taste between a cisgender and a transgender person, you're really giving it a stretch. Because each person without HRT is vastly different in themselves. You're stretching for something. If you don't like, then don't like. But don't stretch it. Don't push to find your reasons. Just say, I don't like. Like, I will never date another blonde. Forget it. I, do, I, I don't know. I, well, I shouldn't say never because never is an awfully long time. But I don't have a large attraction to blondes. I just don't. And, you know, I don't have a large attraction to super skinny people. Just it's not there for me. I like people with a little bit more robust feature. And I don't like people to be fake around me. Like if you're going to bleach your hair to a point that it's white and you had absolutely gorgeous hair any other time, you know, you had no problem. I, I have – you know, I understand that people want to color their hair. I do get that. But when you go from being something you were to something you're not and it isn't because you're – trying to hide something it's just yeah it, it, I, I guess it's really hard because I know somebody who went from being an absolutely beautiful person had gorgeous hair to going to a bleach white hair and you look at them and it doesn't suit them it's just like that doesn't suit you you need to kind of go back to what you had or go to a different color because this color this white really doesn't suit you. It makes you look like a really old woman. But I don't have the the ability or the privilege or the right to tell this person that they look like an old bag. 
And I won't do that because it's just not nice. It's not good. But it looks rather funny. So like bleaching a chicken and hoping for it to be a duck. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really mean. But, you know, when, yeah, I think you get my point. Um, you cannot sit there and say that it's because of this. No, if you just don't like the idea of a, of a person being transgender, then don't date them. That's perfectly fun, and I'll give you that right. But don't try and come up with something and then throw it in my face and think that I'm not going to be smarter than that. And I, I told this person, I said, look, you know, you just, just, just stop talking about this because you're making yourself a target. And all of a sudden, people started hopping on the bandwidth. And this was a nice conversation between the two of us that was going on in this thread. And it was quite educational, and it gave people the time to – um, listen and grow from it. God, I'm going to have to take another break here in a minute. I'm so sorry for this one being so long. Normally, I don't like super long podcasts. I just can't stand the idea of them being this long. Um, you know, I, I barely make it through a Joe Rogan show. Um, but he never takes breaks. So, um, but as, as we're coming back to this, um, I Moment after, you know, and then you start having people jumping in going, God, you're transphobic. Oh, I swear to God I'm going to go postal on another young trans person that likes to come out and say, you're transphobic. Oh, God, say it in front of me. I swear to God I'm going to beat you with it. You know? Pull your head out of your ass. Okay? Just because this person has a set of likes and dislikes does not make them transphobic. Granted, the excuses this person was using yeah, still doesn't make him transphobic. makes him an asshole. That it, and, and I kept telling her, look, you know, you really shouldn't just, you should just stop talking. Because the more you argue your point, the more people are listening and going and making a judgment call on you as being quite a jerk. And she's like, I hate that trans people all want me to date them. And I'm like, no, they don't want you to date them. They don't want you to date them. If you don't like them, then I don't want you to date me. If you don't like me, don't date me. Because that's worse than you. Well, that's just plain fucked up. Because the, the moment that you fake that you like me shows how shallow you are as a person. And I don't want that kind of a person around my kids and around me. I don't have time for that. So don't waste my time. And I tried to tell her, I said, look, you know, just stop talking. And she just kept going on more and more and she kept trying to bring it back to the point that trans people were forcing. I said, hey, you're talking to a trans woman. I'm not trying to force you anything. What I am offering you is education on being trans where you have a misconception. And I said, what you do with that education is solely up to you. And she wrote back to me after she left and she said, look, you know, I really appreciate you being so nice about this. And I said, well, I wasn't. 
I said I wasn't trying to be nice. I'm just trying to be educational because that's what I enjoy doing is educating people. And I said, you, you know, I'm not going to force you to be anything that you, you aren't because that's not right for me as a human being. But don't make excuses for your likes or dislikes that are not factual. If you don't like it, don't like it. I, I despise dark chocolate. Go oh, white chocolate's even worse than dark chocolate. Throw that shit in the rubbish bin. I won't touch it. I like milk chocolate, creamy and smooth, with a hint of mint or mint flakes. Oh my god, yes. Or Friere Rocher. Oh, yummy. Yeah, just took a pause. Um, <laughs> but look, I'm. You know what? I've kind of decided I'm not going to go on with this. But you understand where I was coming from. Look, if you're trans in your youth, don't automatically think that you have a right to shove this down people's throats. You don't. They have a right to their personal likes and dislikes just like you. And just because you might be identifying as a person who likes women more than men and you're in a women's – in a lesbian's uh, – in a lesbian group – that every woman there is going to like you for who you are. They're not. Be you. Be who you are. And if someone is attracted to who you are as a person, fan-bloody-tastic. Fan-bloody-tastic. But don't force it on people because it's not right. Um, look, I don't have any upcoming speaking engagements. Um... So, because, gotta love you, Mr. COVID, um, but we're putting out there, we are available. I am available for speaking engagements. Uh, just get in touch with me. We'll do it the easy way. We'll talk to you next time. Take good care of yourself, and remember, 100 days, starting today, find something to be happy about and share it with the world. I love you all. Take good care of yourselves. Until next time, bye now.